Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I'm your host, Sean Waltreff. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. We are at the San Diego Seals headquarters in Mission Valley with my man, Luke Gilbert, the director of sponsorships, senior director of sponsorships. Yeah, man. And uh, today's a really cool episode because Cali Comfort Barbecue, we are official partners of the Seals. This is our first year, and we've already done some really cool stuff. I yeah. think one of the most important things that we do with this podcast every single week is talk about the current state of business, the current state of digital, um, and also find ways for business owners to do things that are unique and different that allow them to show off the things that they love to do. Yeah, 100% agree. Well, thank you. Good welcome, good welcome to, to the show. <laughs> thank you very much for coming down here. Yeah, we moved um, to this area, uh, I think end of last season over the summer, we basically just outgrew it. So a lot of people don't know all the moving parts that go into sports, um, especially something like the San Diego Seals, where on paper it's it's a minor sport, not minor league, but but not your big four, big five, NASCAR, NHL, uh, NBA, NFL, et cetera. So sometimes people perceive that as being smaller staff, et cetera. We do have a smaller staff, but we've still quickly outgrown our space in one year. So we just moved down here to Mission Valley. Um, this is our retail store, which um, Sherry Menden, who does a number of things with the company, everything from marketing to merchandise creation, um, all across the board, she's also started the store. So the premise is not that it's going to be a high traffic area, but anytime that you can get people that are interested in your brand to walk inside, maybe they buy season tickets, maybe they buy one ticket, maybe they buy merchandise, but um, yeah, this is this is a nice new addition, um, different than like your corporate stuffy office. It's, sure. it's we're in a strip mall now, which is kind of cool. Well, can you tell the people that don't know about the National Lacrosse League? Yeah, so the National Lacrosse League as a whole has been around for over 30 years. Um, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, so I used to go to the Baltimore Thunder games back in the day. Um, funny side story is the uniform used to be spandex shorts. <laughs> so it was like a long, it was similar to these jerseys. So like a big long jersey with your pads underneath, but then you wore the spandex shorts. That was um, it. Yeah, and there I don't know no, why like, no the, one, There was no like basketball shorts? No, Not like the Andre it. Agassi look? No, it was, think American Gladiators okay, back American in the day. It was like that uniform. Okay. And um, I don't know why no one had a problem with it, but that lasted for a long time, every bit of probably 10, 15 years. So uh -huh. um, anyways, the National Lacrosse League, so there's teams on the East Coast, there's teams up in Canada on the East and West Coast, um, but it took a long time before the, the brand, the sport, the game of lacrosse essentially transcended out to the West Coast. And um, I actually was a part of that, so I was drafted to play in this league, in the National Lacrosse League in 2003 by the San Jose Stealth. And so there was an expansion that happened at that time in the league. The um, Anaheim Storm, the San Jose California Stealth, and then the Colorado Mammoth. Funny story, Steve Govett, our president here, he was the um, GM at a team called the Washington Power back on the East Coast. He came over to the Colorado Mammoth to be the president and GM there. <laughs> so that was, that was 18, 17 years ago. Wow. Um, and then now to come full circle, um, here we are under the same, same umbrella. But um, yeah, the National Lacrosse League, it's an it's a indoor um, five players plus a goalie. And it's just nonstop action up and down the field. It's played in the same same space as um, an NHL hockey rink or the San Diego Gauls, for example, or even the San Diego Soccer's indoor soccer. So same size field, same setup with the boards and the glass. Um, there's a 30-second shot clock, so it's just nonstop up and down. There's not a ton of rules. So there's fighting, there's hitting, there's... High scoring, some games we only scored eight, 10 goals. Other games, like um, last week in Vegas, we put up 17 goals against Colorado Mammoth. So um, you don't have to be a lacrosse fan. You just have to be a sports fan that enjoys action. And that's kind of what the league itself has hung its hat on for a long time. I think to get into like the whole backstory and some of the issues that the league has had is, um, it's lacked a, a, a good sound brand name TV partner. 
um, to make it that kind of everyday sport. And then also just the unfamiliarity of the sport as a whole, especially out here on the West Coast. The, the East Coast, if you play the Philadelphia Wings or some of these staples that have been around for 20 years, mm -hmm. they have 13, 14, 15,000 people in the stands every night. Um, some of the other Canadian teams where the indoor game really was was born and that's what most of the Canadian players grew up playing the, the indoor box game versus America we, we play the outdoor game um, in Canada a lot of the players just grew up with that so you go to Toronto Calgary Vancouver and it, they're getting sold-out crowds you know 15,000 plus um, so the West Coast has a little bit of an uphill battle in that sense but if you look at what Colorado Mammoth is doing now after being in the league for 15 plus years same thing there they played the Pepsi Center and there was a there was a streak for a good three to five years where they were outselling the Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets yeah. in their building getting 15,000 plus um, people to the game so it's relevant it's it's proved itself as a whole as a sport um, it just hasn't caught on everywhere as one of the major staples in sports, I guess. Well, I think a lot of one of the, you know, the cool things that you have been doing, we had Josh Gross, um, your vice president on Behind the Smoke when we were doing it at Valley Farm Market above the butcher shop, and we'll put a link in the show notes. But what he was talking about was a lot of the digital engagement, which are the yeah. things that we're interested in. And, um, you know, being a digital for first sports property mm -hmm. and kind of mimicking a lot of the things that the WWE did, which WWE is Vince McMahon and it's wrestling yeah. and it's staged. But a lot of the principles. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? It's, it's what? <laughs> Childhood <laughs> dreams are shattered. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, The Rock, he's yeah. real. Oh, man. All right. Um, <laughs> But no, yeah, but nonetheless, I think back to what you said, not having a TV partner. Yeah. What are what are what do you see moving forward with the National Cross League? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, one thing that we've prided ourselves on here is, from an Instagram standpoint, and I'll I'll directly answer that. But even if you look at Instagram, we've only been around for a year and change, and we're already at nineteen thousand, almost twenty thousand followers. I attribute that to our team here that does a great job with the, the content and the quality, but also how are we relevant compared to some of these teams that have been around since Instagram came to fruition? Which um, was when? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. When, when did you get an Instagram? Yeah, I, I'm way behind on I'm way all behind the technology stuff. But get out of here. You have yeah. your own podcast. You're, you're definitely not behind. I'm still terrible when it get, comes to social media. Get serious. You can't be a podcaster. I know. He's terrible I think that's media. probably why my podcast failed, which is a whole other story. Your podcast story. has not failed because it's evergreen content, and it is there forever. 100% And agree. I've listened to your podcast, and you've got some incredible episodes. Thank Jimmy Langley. Thank you. Thank you. Off the bat. <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, but you're exactly right. And when it comes to the, the digital side, um, everyone has their own game plan. Everything, everyone has their own content that they want to share. But it's it's consumable anytime, anywhere. Searchable. Um, yes, absolutely. And then whatever you put on there, you can capture the audience with a two-second clip, a five-second clip, a offer, last minute offer from a from an attendance standpoint, um, a recap, hey, you missed the game, but here's what happened. Hey, you missed just the highlights, here's a fight. People go, wait, I didn't even know fighting was in there. So you can capsulize all those individual moments as well as the whole breadth and depth of the game. Um, and if you look at just going back to our, our owner of the team, Joe Tsai, his big thing is he's traveling all over the globe. Right, yes. so he has other he has other co-founder of Alibaba, correct? Yeah, owner has, of the Brooklyn Nets, yes, full owner of the Brooklyn yes. Nets, owner of the Bar Barclays Center. Uh, yep, and New York Liberty, the, and the New York WNBA Liberty. team. Yeah. So, um, and then also under the the Joe Ty Sports umbrellas, inside lacrosse, which is a new addition. Um, so he has all these different things under his portfolio. He's he's traveling all over the globe, having all different types of media or different meetings for other businesses. How can he stay close to the SEALs? How can he stay close to his other teams? Yes. And it literally comes down to that digital component. It, come, it comes, that is a great point. I'm so happy you said because, <laughs> I mean, Joe, he, that's a perfect example. Yeah. 
it's a perfect example because how do we stay in touch with the brands that we care yeah. about? And when I think about it for myself, when I think about it for my team, when I think about it for just my, my wife, you yeah. know, both of us, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whether it's through email, we all have these digital touch points if you're not there in person, right? Yeah. Where you stay top of mind. Where you're like, oh, that's interesting. I want, I'm choosing to follow somebody. Like when you choose to follow, typically we don't unfollow. Yes. So you're choosing to follow, so give me the content that I want. Agreed, and there's a whole different slew of, of different avenues and rabbit holes we can go down on this, but. Um, go, my, well, this one, is digital hospitality, well, my, that's where we need to one go. One of my issues is, and I'll, the way I started in social media, which I was behind the curve, because I was- We're all behind the curve, well, let's put that out there. Yeah. Every, everybody has, everyone, I mean, People out there, they say that they're an expert in Instagram yeah. or they're an expert in LinkedIn or, yeah. you know, I can do Facebook targeted ads better than anybody else. It's all bullshit. Like, we're all learning as we go. This internet thing, literally, iPhone 2007, and yeah. now we're 2020. That's 13 years. It's impacted the entire globe. Every single, from a yeah. small business to a brand to a charity to a church to a PTA, it is relevant to all of us. Yes, I agree. And, um, yeah, I didn't have my first iPhone until I was in my 30s. Until you're in your, what year was that? Uh, uh, I was in. You're a late I was, adopter. I was working in NASCAR at the time, um, so this is probably like thirty-two to thirty-four, like somewhere in somewhere in that. And that's range. when you got your first iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Was it a bitch? Yeah. I was, not, I was like, I'm not gonna learn this thing. Are you kidding me? Like, what am I, I still don't know half do with the this shit. Thing? I have no idea how to do most of the stuff on there. I got flack last night. My girlfriend's like, why do you have all these apps? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I like, haven't deleted them. I still go to Google. I'm like, ESPN.com. She's like, the app's right there. I was like, I don't know. And then I, I click know. on that. I probably gotta log in. I probably gotta pay something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I'm way behind. But but we're all behind. I, yes. mean, I think it's. I think that's an important conversation to have, which is why I love doing this show is that yeah. we have the conversation. If you don't have the conversation, where else are you going to have it? Yeah, and I, I don't. I wouldn't say that there's. You're right. One of the misconceptions is like expert versus neophyte. Yes. And I would claim that I'm a beginner neophyte, but the, but the expert, all it is, is they've probably tried more. They're they've probably just, on it more. They've, they've just researched made more mistakes. More. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's literally it. And and. I think one of my biggest obstacles, and, and I don't know how it was for you starting this, but one of my biggest obstacles was, um, so to, to, I'll give a, a quick background on, on sports life. Yes, I want sports So life. going back into 2003, I'm working at Sports Illustrated. Everything's print. So this is after your this lacrosse? Is, yeah, this, well, I'm still playing. I'm You're playing, still playing. Yeah, I'm playing for the San Jose Stealth at the time. Um, working at Sports Illustrated on the, on the print side. And one of the things that, um, that overtook us was ESPN the magazine. When they came out, they packaged with all of their partners. So they went to all of their, because they had TV, and so they said, look, um, GMC, Ram Trucks, you can still do your TV package, but tack on another 100,000, 500,000, whatever it is, and do you know, a, a cover page or, or four color bleed in, mm -hmm. in this magazine. This, and so they started packaging everything and they, they held their prime content, their, their TV digital content on a pedestal to help offset and subsidize the print. Sure. And so all of a sudden, SI is getting passed in revenue sales and all of a sudden we're losing subscribers because ESPN is, is way ahead. I ended up leaving there. Um, and I worked in lacrosse and did. Why did you leave there? Um, did you see it happening? Because I mean, yeah. I find it fascinating. I mean, I've had the conversation, fortunate enough to have Jim Trotter, who works at yeah. NFL Network. He worked at ESPN. He worked at Sports Illustrated. He worked at the Union yeah. Tribune. I mean, literally, he's been at every legacy, yeah. old media, traditional media post that you can have. Yeah, I. And this change has happened so fast. I know. It's happened so fast on I, all levels on all levels of, of business. Agreed. And I think um, I think that any point, any time and point when you're not challenged in in mentally. your day to yeah mentally um, in your day to day, then either either a pick up a hobby <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. offset that there and still do your your nine to five. Or B, go on something else. And and I'm the type of person that 
I just, I don't sleep much and I like to be strapped. Like I, I, I would like to do hobbies and be- No restrictor play. Nine to, yeah, nine to five. No all, all gas, <laughs> all gas, no break. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the print, the print side, I'm not saying it was boring, but like you, you get to the point where you're like, I get it. Like yeah. we're, we're doing some fun print stuff, but it's still- But they weren't making moves that mirrored what was happening no. in the world. No. And like that's a problem. No, and they, like they, when when the behavior where you're at in a company isn't mimicking what we're doing yeah, as a consumer, for sure. that's a problem. Absolutely. Because you can see it. The writing's on the wall. Yeah, and you end up you get frustrated because I I never want to be pigeonholed with you can't do such and such deal because you don't have these tools in your toolbox or such and such is is doing a better job because they have all these other elements or, or tools in their toolbox and you're never going to get them. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy not to adapt those digital tools as they become Correct. available, but it's out of fear. A lot of it's yeah. out of fear. I mean, I talked to Scott Kaplan from Mighty 1090 that went yeah. under and now he's streaming. He has Scott and BR show, but we talked exactly about when Cali Comfort was doing things. Why are they, why are the sales reps selling me a 15 second yeah. commercial that's going to go on AM radio? Off to you know, yeah. based off of a metric that I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. When I would much rather have Scott go live from Facebook or post in his Instagram story or tweet about us. Agreed. But they're not selling that. Yes. That's and a frustrating thing. It is, and, and one of the things is once you get the the bigger companies, uh, there's so much red tape on on navigating that that it's just, because you need approval. Yeah. Approval to post. I don't, I'm not. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like approval to post. I, I just. I don't like. Uh, I don't like being confined. I don't like red tape. I don't do well with that. Well, it's it's inauthentic. It yeah. becomes inauthentic. Yes. Like the the true brand is the heart of the heart of the brand. Yeah. That's what compels somebody to choose to follow them in the. I mean, it's yeah. Seth Godin talks about permission based marketing. Literally, that's the world we live in. We choose, yes, I want that app on my phone. I might not use it, but I, cho I, I chose I to download it. Don't regulate me. Yeah. Don't regulate me. No restrictor plate. Yeah. Well, so I, um, so I leave there and, and ended up, fast forward, then I'm working at the Golden State Warriors, and I'm there uh, when they were shit. When they were and shitty. Then, and then they were really good, and then they were back to like, eh, not relevant. And so, how many years? Uh, I was there from 2005 to 2010. Okay. So 2007 um, was the was the we believe year. First time the, the Warriors made the playoffs in, in 13 seasons. Um, made good money. Like place blew up. It was electric. It was so fun. I had two cell phones. It was crazy. It was a it was two a, iPhones. No, I had uh, two a, flip phones. I had a razor and a and a BlackBerry Trio and a burner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And um, it was just crazy. I mean, you were you were just slinging. But like when they did that trade and got Stephen Jackson and Al Harrington, um, and the team came together, and it was just it was electric. It was it was absolutely incredible. They ended up going two rounds in the playoffs. Um, that was still such an iconic sports moment. I think they they ended up knocking out the the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think they were the eighth best record at the time in in NBA history. Don Nelson had coached the Mavericks for a long time, came over to the Warriors, and so he knew he knew everyone's tendencies, mm -hmm. and that was kind of the, the blueprint to beating them. But um, anyways, and then so we kind of peaked and then started going back down, and I had an opportunity to, to go back east to work in NASCAR. Um, and it, was I a NASCAR fan? Absolutely not. Like, just didn't think anything of it. But... I knew going into it, there's more Fortune 500 companies in NASCAR than all the other major mm -hmm. sports combined. And Why so, is that? Um, a couple reasons. One is just the the breadth and depth that it that it stretches. So like here we are in the merchandise shop of the seals. Everything has seals on it. Plug in NASCAR. So if I'm um, one of the clients I worked with a lot was Joe Gibbs Racing. In their store, all this stuff says interstate batteries, mm -hmm. it says M&Ms, it says the actual brand. Then you go to the race and you have tens of thousands of fans walking around with M&Ms jacket, M&Ms hat, M&Ms shirt, like it's insane. It's insane. They're wearing the, the brand because you paid X millions of dollars to, to this company to activate. Now all of a sudden the fan base is glued to M&Ms. It's like, yeah. no, I, I like Kyle Busch. I like Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, but you're wearing M&M's product. You're wearing yeah. Interstate Battery. You're wearing Monster. And, the, and think of the creative opportunity it's that absurd. the brand has to engage in that fan. It's absurd. And so 
that was a really fun, eye-opening lesson. And, and so now, now I have print, I have basketball background, I have NASCAR background, I have TV background, I have media um, agency background, just from all the different parts. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I transitioned, then I went into the analytics side. And so then it was like, all right, I've done the properties, I've done the brands, I've done the networks, some of these deals. Um, you know, where you're seeing all the different intricacies and the, the, how everything works. But then I get to go and I work for Repucom, which essentially was bought by Nielsen Sports. Um, but Repucom opens up the, the hood <laughs> to keep these puns going. And you end up working with clients and they say, look, here's what we're spending. Here's, here's our contract. Here's mm -hmm. what it looks like. Now you tell me if I'm getting a good deal. And so now, I, now I'm on the other side, not even the buyer yeah. side. And I have all the details of how the deal went down. And my job is taking all of our tools to t and show them from an analytical approach, did you get, oh, wow. did you get the That's deal incredible. that you thought you wanted? And so, um, It's like the Monday morning quarterback. It's the best. It's <laughs> literally, literally like the Literally, best. You, you saw the game plan from yeah. both plays, from the, play, from the exactly. one team and the other team. It was you the watched best. how the plane went out, and you get all the statistics. And so then you, get to, you, start, to, you start to judge on what's good, what, what's beneficial for this party versus this party. What's a good key performance indicator? Everything. Yes. Everything. And so um, then so I'm, I'm in NASCAR, but, but primarily focused on all the NASCAR teams. Repucom basically had a monopoly across all of um, NASCAR. We did a couple deal. We did a deal with, with Oakley to basically do a, a full valuation of their global um, uh, partnership um, in all of sports. So F1, Formula, their drivers, NASCAR, etc. And then that turned into um, as Repucom began to began to build. It was me and really two other guys. Um, it. We were working with NFL teams. We had almost every single team in Major League Baseball. Um, we're working with brands. We're working with um, uh, convention centers to do valuations of, of how events are doing, just everything. And so now all of a sudden you literally get to see behind the scenes of, of all of these deals coming to fruition mm -hmm. and stamped with approval of did it what work? What was the most revealing about those deals? Um, what, what stood out the most? The most revealing was probably just the sheer disconnect between the, the team and, and the brand. Because there's, so I'll give you an example. Bank of America. Bank of America was a really fun proposal the, um, or, or project. So <clears throat> Paul Smith, who's the, the old CEO of Repucom, flies in from Australia. And then uh, Georgie Webb flies down from Stamford, uh, Connecticut, and I've, I'm in North Carolina at the time. All three of us meet with the executive team from Bank of America, and we go over this this project that basically compiled every one of their baseball partnerships, their league-wide MLB deal, and then also all of their NFL partnerships. And it compared basically apples to apples. So using the same valuation numbers, mm -hmm. the same um, um, scope and, and way that you're judging what, what works, what doesn't work, for lack of better terms, and you're putting everything against each other. So you're able to, to look at the Cardinals deal versus the San Diego Padres deal, the Houston Astros versus... That must have been fascinating. Every, it was. It was awesome. And then you go back to the teams and you're able to help negotiate. And you say, look, the Astros are doing this very well. We're paying them less money. You, you got two options, either match it or mm -hmm. give us more assets and we'll continue to pay whatever we're paying. And the disconnect that I started to see with the teams was just, it was very dejecting, to be honest, because really? the, the teams are like, yeah, but I have this billboard and it's right there and you're supposed to be on it. Like, this is my prime inventory. I want you on that one. And I'm plugging you into and this. And are these more physical? Physical, but it was also TV. It was a lot of TV. Physical, so all yeah, so more traditional. Very not traditional. Not digital. Not very, digital no, that we're talking completely, about. Completely off that. Because at that time, we didn't have a true valuation We for still that. don't. No, we never will. But... Um, 
And so basically we went down that path and it was like, that's what was a little dejecting was, was the disconnect on the property side. Mm -hmm. um, and so from that point on, I was like, I'll never work in sports for the property again. <laughs> then I'm in, working in baseball. Um, and so <clears throat> that was, yeah, I, d I didn't think I was going to go that route. You didn't, but you didn't, you had to get out. I did. I did number of games. Yes. Like that you're there, your weekends, you can't, it's really hard to have a social life unless you're married and kids can come to the game <laughs> unless, and stuff. Unless your wife is in oh the front gosh, office. Oh my gosh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then I'll skip ahead and then uh, fan picks, which was getting more into the digital side. So fan picks, uh, that's where I was VP of brand engagement. Super unique idea, but very, uh, very basic in all metrics. You go into a stadium. Uh, one of our accounts was the Staples Center. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, we have the, the Kings, um, we have the Clippers, and we're working to finalize the Lakers. But um, So basically you have four clusters around the arena. There's a, a cluster of three cameras in that corner, that corner, that corner, that corner. The technology was when I hit the space bar on my laptop, mm -hmm. All those cameras have the ability to capture in a split second pictures of every single fan in the stadium, all 18,000 people. Wow, that's incredible. And then it's able, if you have the app, you're able to upload, you're able to look at that picture. So, so I was gonna say Kobe hits a three in the corner. Yeah. Um, Kobe hits a three in the corner, it's time stamped, crowd goes wild, Kobe ties the game with two minutes left. I can literally go into the app and see the picture of me in my seat during that time. That's I can incredible. share it out to social media. So me from FanPix, I now have your information. I know you're at the game. I'm, I'm tagging it. If I want to put a brand on it, I tag mm -hmm. it. It was the most basic technology, but the it, it, it fixed one of the fundamental issues of you buy tickets from me to a game. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever went. Correct. So you buy eight tickets from me. I don't know if you went. I don't know who the other seven people are. I don't know if they changed hands three times, four times, You don't know whatever. if they sold them on StubHub. Exactly, but when you go onto this app, I'm in row 22, yeah. section 203, I'm you. and I'm here. Yeah. And this is, this is my Facebook. So now I know where you live, mm -hmm. I know how old you are, I know how many friends you have, I know that you just shared out this content, I know where you're sitting, I know, what, I know Kobe's your favorite player because every post was when Kobe hit something. Yes. And so I have all this content, and it was just... Wow, it was, that's incredible it information. Was, it was so fun um, to be a part of it. Well, and the, the data side is yeah. fascinating, it's, especially in the aggregate. Once mm -hmm. you're looking at compiling all of it and understanding that literally the world we live in, we're opting in. Like yes. we're, we're saying yes. When I get my iPhone, it's like, yes, Apple, and yes, Gmail, yes, Google, yes, Facebook. Yep. You can have it all. I mean, that's... But the privacy concerns for me as somebody that's so into social, so into yeah. digital, I don't have the privacy concerns yeah. that a lot of people that are hesitant to post on the internet to yeah. do those things. But I also know that if a brand is true and authentic and they're not trying to compromise my data, yeah. obviously there's people that are gonna hack that. But I know that if I'm giving the SEALs information that yes, my son is gonna be turning three in at the end of June and my daughter is gonna be turning one at the beginning. Now you guys have yeah. that information. Should you decide to, you know, market uh, little seals onesie to my to me and my yeah. wife, I'm going to be much more inclined to buy that because I've been to the game and I brought them to the game. But there is also another element is that you owe me. So you owe me because I captured that picture for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I have the technology in my arena and I and Fanpix gave you that picture that you would have never been able to capture Correct. of you, all, your whole family standing up cheering at the exact same time. And so now you're indebted and you're like, take it. Take sure. my info, take, take it. market me, like we're good. Sure. Um, it, was, it was awesome. And uh, uh, it was, it was that's a whole nother podcast on why that ended up falling apart, but it ended up getting purchased by a company in, um, in, in, uh, Australia after some things fell apart, but it was, ah, it was, it was, it was, it was this close. So, so basically we started to run out of funding. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we, we burned too much cash too fast on, on 
getting away from the core of it. And so we had a number of properties and my job was to A, assign where are we gonna deploy this at, all the arenas. So I had, from my background, I had all the connections, all these different different stadiums, arenas, et cetera. Um, brands to help. Now you're help getting approval from the sports property and also the venue, yeah. right? So there's yeah. double approvals? Yep. So essentially though, the upside for them is there's two different platforms. One is I'll pay you for to deploy this and give me such X marketing assets, which my background already knew, so how it's gonna be effective. So I'll buy these sponsorship assets from you. It's gonna be my, my content. And then know that when I send this out, it's going to have whatever brand I already sold this to. Mm -hmm. Or keep the inventory, don't charge me anything. You sell the inventory internally and I'll deploy for free. So we had those two different models um, and it really just came down to the sponsorship folks on the other end on what they were comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, we, we did the deals, we had everything signed. Um, we had deployed in, I think, eight, eight different venues. Um, the LA Galaxy was another one. They were, they were a great partner. Um, and so we had everything deployed and we basically just started to run out of money so fast. And my thing was, so this is 2000, this is 2016, I guess. Yeah, 2016, 15, somewhere in there. My thing was pull the plug on everything just get the Golden State Warriors. I work there, yeah. I have the context, they're going to win the, the championship, they got KD. Oh, and by the way, the people that are attending those games are like yes, uber rich yeah. and know how to deploy this globally maybe, mm -hmm. or they're gonna just buy the company, they're gonna buy the, the um, they're gonna buy the platform, they're gonna buy the technology. So forget everyone else, we're almost out of money, just get this deal done. Got the deal done, we're set to deploy in uh, December, and we basically had a falling out with some of the investors and oh. the board, and um, they said, look, we just wanna sell, we don't wanna burn it anymore. I'm just like, we'll have this thing up and running by January, Yes. playoffs are April, oh. They're going to win the champ, and they, they did That's end up. It's a big sports bet. I know, and they did end up winning the the, <coughs> the world championship that wow. year. And it was like, if you, if if there was one team in a six month window, we can throw all all yes. the money at. It's this, and we had the deal done, but we we couldn't <laughs> couldn't deploy. Oh man. Yeah, that one still. Does that one still keep you up? At yeah, night? yeah, it's still it's still. Bugs me. I'd have a pretty sick car out there in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your bike. You're an Iron Man, so you don't yeah. need a car. Uh, you don't no. need some sick car. I you went, got a sick bike. I went off the deep end after that. After yeah. that, I was really bummed out, and I was like, F sports, F corporate America. Like, I'm out. I, and, yeah. um, so that's when I started the podcast. That's when I, I bounced around. Why did um, you start the podcast? Because I feel like very similar to what you and I are doing right now, if I read in an article how you started your company or how um, Airbnb was started. So like all different depths of, and context of companies, you're gonna get the cookie cutter answer. Yes. And I don't want that. Like I wanted the nuts and bolts of how you got started. How much money, what are the, what are the growing pains? Like did your wife and kids hate you for a long time yeah. because you were working, yes. you know. <laughs> All of it, like, give, like, don't give me the cookie cutter article that we can sum up in in three don't give pages. Me the traditional media yeah. pitch. You had five minutes to be on a show. Exactly. You get to tell me your corporate speak yes. of what your company is. No, I want the, I, I want know the, who the real. Fuck you are. Yes, I want the real details. What kept you up at night? Yeah, and what so was the fight about. And so that was my goal, and it was taking the whole yeah, taking the fight about <laughs> no, never anything, right? And so it was taking the same context of Repucom and getting the analytical approach. To, um, to businesses, and so it was, it's called Vicariously, and the whole premise is unique entrepreneurs who are successfully pursuing their craft, like whatever it is, whether it's mm -hmm. small or, or big, or in their mind, small or big. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to it, it's just on hold, but it was fascinating because I had, had and have the entrepreneurial spirit but a lot of times what you need to do is talk to other people and they're like, 
I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Yeah. Like, I just, I went for it. Um, Adam Moyer from Knockaround, mm -hmm. he was on the show. He's, he's a good friend. He's a, he's a sponsor of the, the SEALs. He's like, look, I started with 500 bucks. Like, I bought a, I bought a donate, domain. I put together a, a shifty website, and I spent, like, the other $200, $250 on $1 shades and turned around and sold them for $5. Like, it's, it just Amazing. happened. And then fast forward however many years, like, he is where he is. But, um, yeah, so I, I did that. And then this is, the, this is the real kicker. This was... Not many people know this one. Most of my friends back home don't know this oh, one. Oh, that's good. Tell them. Tell, tell the internet. <laughs> so I decided to be a flight attendant. A flight attendant? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So I had traveled around. Um, I was doing this podcast. I'm burning through money. And I was like, you know what? I, my buddy and I... Yeah, <laughs> flight attendant. One of my, this is fantastic. Six, hey, six five. Yeah, you're a big man. You're a large man. <laughs> I don't fit on every plane. Let me help you with that baggage. <laughs> and so, we're we're, we're tra I'm traveling around, whatever. And my buddy and I decide to go on this trip for his fortieth, and we go to um, uh, we're, we go to London, we go to um, Paris, and we're in Paris. We're sitting at the Eiffel this Tower. Is all, this is all podcast money you're spending, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah this is, <laughs> So we're in Paris, we're sitting at the Eiffel Tower, and we're just chilling, and these two girls end up sitting next to us. And they're having fun, we start talking to them, and they're like, let's go out tonight, this and that. And um, we just didn't want to, we didn't want to end the night. And they're like, no, we gotta go. I was like, what the hell, Why? who comes to Paris for one day? And they're like, we're flight attendants. I end up staying in touch with the, with the one girl, and I just peppered her with questions. Like, how much, what are the perks, how's it work, like, give me, and over the next, six months she just slowly like convinced me that it was worth a shot i had some friends at virgin america from back when i was at working at the warriors um they were launching virgin america so like that 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 brand that product was always kind of near and dear to me uh -huh. um and so yeah so virgin america was hiring are there any photos of, of you being a they're, they're around they're, they're around <laughs> <laughs> I, during this clip, oh, yeah, we gonna, can we can drop one oh, in. We're gonna put it. In, we're gonna put it in the show notes. Stover's gonna love that. Uh, yeah, and all so, your friends too. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I was a flight attendant for like uh, eighteen months. And That's I, awesome. Yeah, I flew around. I met met some great people. My my girlfriend. Did you put it on your resume for the seals? No. <laughs> well, they know now. No, yeah. They, my um, yeah. My my living girlfriend is currently a flight attendant. Oh. Oh, really? Um, so I did. You like, meet her while yeah, you guys were. We were flying? in the same graduating class. Oh, look graduating at you! Class. Look at you! <laughs> yeah, Regu regular. I was the third. DiCaprio I was the here. third oldest uh, member of the that. The third oldest. Class. But yeah, so it was great. It, it was it was awesome. I learned you a lot. Recharge your batteries. Hundred percent, like hundred percent. And to come full circle, I go from I go from very traditional to all of a sudden everyone I'm around is like 23, 22 to like 26, like for the most part. Because mm -hmm. Virgin America is very like young, hip, cool brand, sexy. Um, all the girls are wearing, you know, tight, small red dress. Like it's a fun brand. No knock on Alaska, Delta, United, but... Mm -hmm. Southwest. Yeah. You weren't telling Southwest jokes. Southwest is cool, but they you were telling jokes. Southwest Put got you on khaki, a mic? khakis and a cheesy blue <laughs> polo. Like what were you wearing? Uh it's uh is J. Crew. J. Right? Crew. J. Crew, like a gray shirt, slacks, like real simple. Like but very you didn't similar. tell jokes when you were doing the safety? I did. Can you tell I can did. you walk us through the safety? <clears throat> I don't remember it anymore, but I, I did a lot of impersonations. I did a lot of uh, Really? Yeah. I would do like a country accent. I do my Baltimore Accent. What's a Baltimore accent? Oh, you know, uh, we on flight uh, 1422, head to Baltimore. Um, go ahead and bring them seats all the way up. Uh, if you need beverages, you're for purchase in the back, $8, hon. And people would just be like, That's pretty good. Oh, That's pretty, I see them, pretty I see them all. I'll tell you, hold on, not to get too off topic here. I'll tell you what, the, I'll tell you what my absolute funnest one was um, from an accent standpoint was we did it, it was a short trip. It was. Um, we went from uh, San we went from San Francisco, Seattle, Seattle, Portland, Portland, back to Seattle. Called a night. Every single trip, I did a I did a different accent. And so, like, I started the flight, and I was like, uh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to flight 1762. We're headed to San Francisco. And so I like did that voice. Then we landed. I was like, howdy, y'all. We landed. We are here in Portland. Go ahead and bring them seats back. Pop them tables up. Grab them cowboy boots underneath your seats. Put them back on. We're about to deplane. And so, like, I just kept changing up. I constantly see these heads, like, what in the it's hell like, is going there's on? There's only one guy on this plane. It's all women, this one guy. Who the hell's on this mic? So that was fun. But my best one of all time was, um, um, my best one was, the, uh, I'm, I'm going through, the, through with the cart service, and this woman asked me for um, uh, Prosecco. And she was probably, I don't know, 65, 75, older woman. And the guy sitting here was asleep. And so I was like, I just put it on her thing. And she goes to give me the card. And I was like, no. She goes to put it in my pocket, like, to swipe it. And I was like, it's on me, ma'am. And I go to serve somebody else. She tugs on my shirt. And she's like, today is my um, 55th wedding anniversary. She's like, that's my husband. He's, asleep. He's out cold this night. I was like, are you serious? She's like, thank you so much. That's the first gift I got. And I was like, you're good. <laughs> We land, and I'm in the back of the plane. And so we land, and it's like a, a gloomy, rainy night and whatever, wherever we're at. And I get on the, the telephone, the mic thing, and I'm like, folks, love is hard. <laughs> and I just start going through this pitch, and I'm like, love is hard. I was like, there's dating apps out there, and you never know when you're going to find the one. And... Um, and I'm just going on and on. I see all these people standing up. What the hell what is, is this guy talking about? <laughs> I thought I was getting the weather. Yeah, I go through the whole thing, and I'm like, I was like, but when you find that one, that soulmate, you need to let them know, and you need to stick it out. I was like, in whatever seat twelve, Charlie. Let's go ahead and say hi to you know Rose Thompson, who's on this flight with her husband Barry, celebrating their 55th wedding anniversary. They figured it out, folks, and the whole place is like, yeah! They erupt, they all start clapping and cheering. She's getting That's high so fives great. the whole way off the plane. No way. Yeah, she waited for you me. You made after their the, marriage. She waited for me after the plane, gave me a big hug. She was like four foot eight. Now, was your girlfriend was on like, that plane? She wasn't on that one. No, no she, she wasn't on that. You know, I gave we, her that speech yeah, later. Yeah, she didn't hear that one. The legendary yeah, speech. Yeah, it was cool. It was. I always had fun with with it because it's like. I don't know, well, if you're not having fun with it, then what are you doing? Yeah, it's, you're exactly right. And then when they um, when they got they got bought by Alaska and the, the brand changed. It's still great airline. It's fun to fly. To say that for whoever's watching, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's definitely not me. I'm not going to work stuff. So what reinvigorated you to get So back? I had talked to Steve Govett, our president, and I had been to multiple games. Um, you were living here in San Diego? Yeah, I'm living here, and it's like no sports, no sports, no sports, and we had talked last season. We talked at the end of the season, and then they had some changes here internally, and they, we met a couple times, and I was like, look, I'm, I'd love to be a part, but I, I just need to know where everyone's head's at, and I really mm -hmm. wanted to to take ownership in all of it. So, if we're going to do it, I don't want to. I don't want to be plugged into a, a system and a means of how you're doing it. And and Steve and Josh Gross, who you referenced earlier, they've been they've been working in tandem for twelve plus years together, mm -hmm. thirteen years together. So, um, it was a great situation and a great network to to plug into. But it was also like. Tell us how you want to to run this. Tell us how you envision this going, and we'll, you know, we'll help you out. We'll assist with it. We'll. That's a big leap we'll, for yeah, for guys that have been successful for is. as long. I mean, back to the Colorado. Yeah. Like they have a track record of proven success. Hundred percent. But proven success twelve years ago is different yeah. than what the world we live in today in twenty twenty. And different markets. And they have to and take a leap of faith. And, yeah. As well as Joe. Absolutely. All of it. They all have to. Yeah. And because we, that's a big ask. It is. And and um, the other the other challenge is it, any corporate partnership, if it if it's done correctly, is going to intertwine everything. So it's going to intertwine fan engagement the, the ticket sales staff team, the, obviously the social media and all of those aspects, um, the marketing that's going out, the event planning, the the players. So if it's well, it, it done works. correct. Yeah. You saw NASCAR yeah. effectively do what no other sport 
can do or has done. I mean, the NBA just this year or last season yeah. started putting a logo, you know, on the jersey, which they, people were so against yeah. until they realized how much money they're getting for that yeah. that logo on the jersey. Stupid money. Stupid money. But it's also an opportunity for the brand to be visible, to find out who Wish is, yeah. who most people wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an exciting part. Part of the creative part, I think, is probably one of the things that... I know I've always been fascinated with mm -hmm. just growing up around sports entertainment, um, seeing how brands, certain brands stand out with different sports properties yeah. in ways that other ones just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's so played out. You can't slap a logo on something and call it a day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's, it's cheesy. Um, going back to, like, even from a social media standpoint, um, one of the one of the areas that, that we butt heads to some extent is they obviously want it very organic and they have a lot of their goals. And so how do I plug in Subway? Mm -hmm. You know, like how like how do I how do I plug in Subway, which is they've done every ad, they've been in market, you know what they are, like you know the logo. And so how do you take somebody like that who has very traditional media for the most part married married with national lacrosse and some of our players how do you how do you naturally plug subway into our instagram posts mm -hmm. or our instagram stories very difficult to do it is with especially without being being salesy and so um i don't ever want to commit us to doing two things i don't want us to ever be cheesy and come across salesy over promise and yeah under it's it's not worth it and then the second thing is i'll never go to a partner and say we're going to promise you this many tweets yeah. or this many instagram impressions because that's it, just absurd if it's it works absurd... it works but but you don't want to put that you don't want to put that cap on it um from from either side the high or the low um and it's just some of the the static signage isn't going to cut it and so um yeah, that's that's the biggest misconception I think, in in the traditional versus now sports sports media landscape is like, let me slap a logo up on the on the boards or a billboard or whatever. And whereas now, I'm not going to go to anybody. I never went to you with anything cheesy. I went with it with we'll have the we'll have the signage in stadium. So everyone knows that you're a partner of us when they when they stare at it. When mm -hmm. it's on Fox Five San Diego, they're going to see that you're a partner. However, there's there's all these other things that are intertwined with it. It's a it's a package deal. Well, I mean, I think part of that too is it, it's important for business owners, brands, people that are trying to engage in sports properties or music properties or entertainment yeah. properties to know there's a deck like yeah. there's a deck with assets that the team, the organization has come up with. But it's really the people that you're working with in that organization that if I can't count on you to listen to me yeah. to what I care about, then it's not gonna work. Yeah. Like you can come and tell me, you have all the solutions to my business to help us scale, but that's not gonna work no. if you're not listening to what, what I'm saying. And the cool thing is, is when you find people like your organization that are willing to do the things that we're at, you can do yeah. some really cool stuff. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And we, I mean, we've now done, um, we now have our, our own podcast. We, we try and be pretty creative from a social media standpoint. Um, one of the integrations, which you've seen before, is the, the with Indian Motorcycles yes. of San Diego. We did a behind the scenes yeah, so we have YouTube that video right? that we created content yeah. all together awesome. with Joe Tai coming out, the commissioner of the yeah. National Lacrosse League. We were at um, the brewery. Everything about it was 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 The National perfect. Lacrosse League retweeted it out because that. they were so happy about the, yeah. you know, the, but that's something that's exciting that you can do on a ground level, yeah. grassroots level, if you have creative partners that are willing to do cool stuff. Agreed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and yeah, f from that, they've asked, they basically asked us to, to do more from a social standpoint. We take that Polaris slingshot um, and we did a skit where we reenacted um, the guys going to Vegas. Yes, rad. <laughs> so I like, saw that. I saw that. Sure, we could plug in any of these cars in the parking lot people drive, or we could take 
our it's brand. so important yeah. because you're doing it from a relationship standpoint, but you're also creating content that they can repurpose for their own social media, yeah. which they need to be doing anyways. Agreed. And that's the, I mean, that's the key formula. One of the things I did want to talk about before we let you go back to your, your job um, <laughs> is... Today's February 12th. Today's that's when we're recording. Yesterday, the SEALs uh, made an announcement. Yeah. And I think from a sports entertainment standpoint, there are things that you try to do creatively that are outside of the box. Um, tell us about yeah. the Battle of uh, yeah. the battle of Midway, how, how much work went into getting it announced, yeah. planned, and then what happened yesterday. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, to, to go back when the schedule was announced because there's the San Diego Gulls, San Diego Soccers, San Diego Seals, tons of concerts, tons of family events. There's a, nice. uh, there's a lot going on at Pachanga Arena. We had a gap where we basically didn't have a, a home game time slot for quite some time. We didn't want to be away from home and we really wanted to do a unique event. So um, we wanted to find a new area that we could have a, a home game and make it memorable. And, and so we always play down towards the city, PB, et cetera, sports arena. Well, what if we had it in a different location that maybe now all of a sudden it's easier for our North County, easier for our East County. And by the way, it's insanely unique. And so we vetted a ton of different properties and where it, where it came out to was we're set to play on the actual runway, rumble on the runway at the Miramar Air Base. And so um, this, this started four plus months ago um, and there's been a ton of meetings, there's been a ton of <laughs> logistical... Background clearances. Yeah, every, so every single person, it got to the point where because of everything going on in our, our national landscape and global landscape, anyone who attended this game But this February was even 22nd, before the coronavirus. Yeah, way before the coronavirus. So way before it's the, an active military before, base. Because it's an active military base, you needed to have clearance for every single person that yeah. was going to be at this, yeah. at this game. So if you're dropping something off for your fan zone setup, I need to know your your driver's license, your date of birth, all that stuff. Had to be submitted weeks in advance. Um, so beyond the whole spectrum of how do we get 5,000 seat stadium built? How do we get brand new boards, glass, everything purchased for this game? How do we get the audio, video, the jumbotron, the TV setup, the light? How do we get all that stuff put on for a three to six hour event on an active military base runway. A lot of moving parts. Oh, by the way, then there's this whole background check for everyone who's coming on, on the base. And so um, it was a lot, but we did it. We're there. Yeah. We're, we're 10 two days out. out. 10 days out. Not and even so two weeks. so fan zone set, all the production set, the boards. We just finished doing a trial run over at Pachanga last weekend. We set the whole thing up to see what it was going to look like with a, with a, a new company. Um, we have several thousand names and, and driver's license, everything already submitted for background checks is done. We're good mm -hmm. because of the coronavirus and, and the military needing to, to do everything that they're doing to help control this. Um, long story short is it's now basically quarantined. And so we got the call yesterday, um, we actually got the call on, on Monday that it was it was imminent, and then officially Tuesday, Miramar released their press release, and and we just hit mad scramble. And so, a mm -hmm. um, lot of meetings. You sent me a couple of texts and said, "Hey, we can hold off." I was like, "Absolutely not. This is the this is sports." Well, like, I mean, this that's is... I, I think that was one of the most important things. I, I didn't know if internally you guys had, but you're moving back to where you play. Yeah. So that's not like but you're going to a new location. No, but right? here's the deal, and this is why originally we we couldn't slash weren't going to play, is the goals are already playing on Saturday night. 
Oh. And so <laughs> we can't like the reason this started was because there's so much going on at our, our at our home. Oh, wow. That we were looking. So literally, you're gonna play a lacrosse game and the goals game on the same day. Yes. Yeah, so Ernie Hahn. Oh my God. Nice. nice <laughs> Ernie Hahn. Nice, we love Ernie. Nice shout out to Ernie. Yeah. Ernie's um, been on the podcast twice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wonderfront and. Um, for AEG, yeah. for, it was actually Valley View Casino Center when he was on, and then now yep. it's Pachanga, but yeah. Yeah, so, so Steve um, was on the phone quite a bit yesterday, worked with worked with Ernie and his entire team, worked with Matt Savant of the San Diego Gulls and their entire team, and um, I think there's a lot to be said about all three organizations. Cooperation. Yeah, coming together, and, and Ernie and his team said, look, it's it's a big ask, but we'll flip it. So we're well, gonna play at eleven thirty in the morning. Wow. So so here's here's what's gonna happen. You have you have Kobe swap meet. That's yes. that's going on. Kobe swap. Which, oh, that's right. That gets plenty of people. Anthony Pareto, He's been uh, on, he's been on the yeah. podcast as well. So we have We've that. gotten the whole Pachanga covered. We have eleven thirty our game, um, which will take place, and then. After immediately after the game, we are going to do kind of a, a thank you slash tailgate at Knockaround Field, which is our practice facility directly on the north corner behind the, the arena. Okay. So we'll have a, a, a tailgate, some some food, some drinks, some Cali Comfort. Oh, yeah? And, uh, I, haven't <laughs> you you right I haven't told you yet. <laughs> you heard it right here on the so podcast. So we'll have, we'll have we're, this tailgate we're be there. Taking care of that, yeah. And then meanwhile, uh, the San Diego Gulls, they're going to start setting up for their cowboy-themed night. So oh, they have wow. petting zoo. They have all kinds of attractions starting at at 5 o'clock. Oh, my god! And gosh. then their game takes place, I think, at 7 o'clock that night. And so Ernie and the whole team at Pachanga needs to flip the turf to get yes. back to the ice. All the sponsors need to come down and flip to the goals. Well, there's nobody the with arena. more experience than Ernie at, at, at turning, flip, flipping that arena around from a yeah, so, tennis, that tennis court to a lacrosse field yeah. to a soccer, it's, it's, to a circus floor. It's wild. And and to come full circle, um, super disappointed that it didn't work. However, the military and Miramar's stance and needs by, a global need. by, by far more important than, yeah. than our isolated game we will have that game at a, at a later date um most likely next year at some point um because it was a great partnership but but by far that's that's the main concern i would say though that um this like if you if you're new to sports i could see how you get riled up at this if you've been in the game for a little bit it's the same like yeah. it's it so many things weather weather we had marty gorsuch on everything he was running farmers. I mean, he's been yeah. up there for eight years. And you spend months, years, thousands literally they of dollars. Had on, on the final day, they have to close down the course. All of it. <laughs> it's you're just you're always going to get hit with a curveball. There's going to be even on the field. You're going to get hit with trades. You're going to get hit mm -hmm. with injuries. You're going to get hit with with all kinds of stuff. I mean, off field player activity. It's everything. Yeah. Even even with the Chargers. I mean, mm -hmm. you saw you saw families and lives have to either either lose their jobs or get picked up and uprooted yep. we just saw with another team here in san diego getting uprooted so it's it's par for the course it's if you want the nine to five office job you yeah. can have it if you, if you're able to be fluid and 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 uh reactive and you just kind of go with the <laughs> flow then sports could be, could in be your a mix. great option and also to come back to to the digital side put us in this scenario 10 years ago, right? We got four or 5,000 season tickets out or, or tickets for this game out. We have, we've been playing this for months. It's on, it's on uh, all of our media. It's been marketed for a while. The league has this game earmarked as the game of the week. They've been promoting it. Yeah, it's going to be streamed. It's going to be streamed Everything's on, on set. Bleacher Report. However, we send out the press release from Miramar at 2 p.m. yesterday. With social media, that's true. Every partner knows. Almost all of our season ticket holders. You didn't need to call me. Everyone, everyone knew. Like, we all knew. Literally, I, I had a nice, peaceful. I went out. To, <laughs> I went out to dinner last night. Like plug, yeah. plug the scenario a couple years ago. You'd be 10, on the phone, 10, making oh calls gosh. in person. We walking around with the battery pack, trying yeah, to talk, like, on, trying the to talk like, on the phone. Because it would be nonstop. And here it was like, the messaging was handled correctly. And the immediacy of being informed 
happened correctly as well. And so because of social media, everyone has the same message. Everyone knows exactly what happened. There's no bad blood. People are bummed. But it's like there's more important things. That's super exciting. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most important things that anybody, no matter where you're listening in the world, don't be intimidated by larger sports properties, by entertainment properties, because there are so many creative ways that you can activate, that you can get involved and be part of something that's bigger than your restaurant, bigger than whatever company you are, whatever you sell. Um, But it all, it it comes down to the people that you work with within the organization. For sure. I agree, and and I would just say my biggest thing is know what if if you are a brand, know what you want to get across. Like, yes. what is it? Why do you want to partner? What is what is your goal? And on my side, as as team uh, property or or event or whatever, I have to be very clear into those those goals, and so. Back in the day, it was when you when you slap a, a coupon code or a coupon or a punch card or whatever, and it's like, all right, well, I can say that because you spent this and needs to translate into X number of sales, it's not really like that anymore. No. However, there does need to be accountability, and, and our goals need to align. And so if you have that understanding on the forefront, then I think I think you're good, and I think you can do any sort of partnership with any brand that you want. It's just you as a brand need to know what you want to get across and and what you want to accomplish. And then I have to be very clear and concise on managing those expectations. And then conversely, if I don't meet them, what is my remedy? I can either say sorry, I try my best, go pound sand, or I can say let's let's switch this up. Let's halfway through, we're going to change this, this, and this. And you can do that now with the digital side of things. Before, when it was very traditional, you couldn't switch it up. Not much flexibility. No, you're kind of set. Yeah. I think um, anybody that hasn't been to a SEALs game, if you live in San Diego, it is a number one priority. My son absolutely can't wait. He keeps seeing the Fox 5 promos. Yeah. Um, He absolutely loves it. My daughter, she's young, but she's, she's going to make it. Um, my wife is a huge fan. We're huge fans of the entire organization. Yeah, you guys are doing you. an incredible job. I can't wait to see the photo of the flight attendant. <laughs> that is going to be fantastic. I'm going to give you... Uh, I need that. I will, I will that drop... That will be in the show notes. I'll drop that in, and I'm going to give um, two plugs to us and one more okay. um, uh, incriminating item of me. Uh, the one of the funniest things I think I ever did on a flight on a flight was um, this girl that I worked with. Her name's Victoria Bustamante. She's super rad, and we had a we had a hellish four day trip, back and forth multiple times on the East Coast, West Coast. It was absurd. One of her extensions fell out. She has long black hair, and and it was I had just gotten a fresh cut, and we took her extension. And slapped it on the back, and I rocked like a like a like a two foot a three tail? foot rat tail for the flight, and the the gasps that I heard. What was your saying, accent? I didn't say a word. I, I was just like, I didn't I was, to say anything. I was, yeah, I was I was Joe Dirt in it for that. Oh, it was that's a, great. I'll, I'll drop in that video or that picture. But yeah, it was, that was the one of the funniest things I ever did because the people were just absolutely appalled. They thought that I had this three foot. And what are the other two plugs? The other two plugs. So, um, the the game on the twenty second is coming up fast. It's an eleven thirty game. It's probably going to be hard for a lot of people to do those last minute plans. But the game on eleven thirty is a great time for families. It's perfect for families. Yeah, for Um, families, perfect. The game on March seventh is going to be really really cool. So March seventh, it's a night game. It's uh, our Star Wars theme night. Oh, awesome. And so we're going to, it's, it's called Wookiee of the Year. So Austin Stotts is back playing. He got Rookie of the Year for the entire NLL League. Um, so we're doing Wookiee of the Year awesome. night. Star Wars theme, lots of cool prizes, lots of fun um, things going on that, that night. And one of the things that we're doing is 
the uniforms are in, um, they basically look like Chewbacca. No way. So the uniforms are all no hair, way. Chewbacca, everything. <laughs> the shorts match it. He, awesome. he has the, whatever the ammo thing going across. He has the satchel on his waist. So all the players will, will be wearing them. And then we're also, um, we're raffling them off um, uh, for donations and stuff. Uh, all the donations go back to Rady's Children's Hospital. Oh, cool. Um, super cool event. That game, March 7th, is going to be really, really... That sounds amazing. It's going to be a really fun one. And then the other one is, right now, with our partner, Coronado Brewing, we have a, a party pack in market. If you can't get behind this, then you have issues. But it's $29. You get two tickets and four beers. No. Yeah. Seriously? Yes. That's an amazing deal. Yeah. Coronado Brewing, they're, help, they're helping offset the cost of this um, with their, their partnership and, and their, their dollars and their marketing. But yeah, it's, um, they're Did launching. Did you know Coronado Brewing was founded by a Navy SEAL? Mark uh, Devine? Uh, I did not. Yeah, I just started reading his book, Seal Fit. Great book. Yeah. Great book. We'll get him on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. That game, that, so that's pretty much in place for the rest of the season, um, or at least until supplies run out. But as of right now, $20, $29, you get two tickets. Um, it, it should be a really cool event um, or a really good thing to have in place. $29, you get beers, and you get tickets, any game that you want. Um, and part of it is Coronado Brewing is launching um, their brand new Salty Crew. They did a collaboration oh, cool. with Salty Crew, and um, so that's kind of been their their big thing. So that's super cool. Well, yeah. we uh, we'll put links in the show notes for the behind the scenes episode we did where you uh, yeah, got, got on the uh, Indian Indian uh, <laughs> yeah the slingshot the slingshot that was, um, that was really cool. We did that, and then we're also going to do. A behind the scenes episode at Cali Comfort for the watch party, yeah. um, which will be coming Sweet. up on the fifteenth. Yeah. So, uh, you're going to start the podcast again. That's my okay. job. You're going to fix your voicemail because that's also my job. <laughs> so if you don't have a vo- if your voicemail just says, "Oh, thank you for calling six one nine five five five, change your voicemail. Okay. This is an audio world. We're all moving, transitioning <laughs> into an audio world. Make an impact. Make a you. statement. You're right. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in the podcast. Thank you for everything awesome. that you do. Thank you, You're brother. Badass. Appreciate I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Go Seals.